Listeners, and welcome to the show. We are reporting live from the 10th step at the bottom of the cellar. Gabriel, welcome back to Fatal Follower Presents. Thank you, Donnie. Always a pleasure to be here. As always, we uh, cap these episodes off with a yay, nay, or a baphomet, meh. Gabriel, your first reaction. To the seller from 2022. I'm going to give it a Baphomet meh. <laughs> I am also going to give it a Baphomet, a Baphomet <laughs> meh. I, we caught this movie yesterday, which is Friday. You'll be listening to this on Monday, but it premiered Friday in select theaters and on Shudder. It is about Kara Wood's daughter, who mysteriously vanishes in the cellar of their new house, she soon discovers there is an ancient and powerful entity controlling their home that she will have to face or risk losing her family's souls forever. Director Brandon Muldowney stars Alicia Cuthbert, Ewan Macken, Dylan Fitzmaurice Brady, Abby Fitz, Tara Lee, Michael David McKernan, and Aaron Monaghan. And it is sitting comfortably at 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. And yeah, so that's that. Uh, It's got like a 5.3 out of 10 on IMDb. And let's do non-spoilers first, and then we'll prompt listeners to spoilers if they want to tread into those waters. So for my reaction... I was really excited for this because I like Alicia Cuthbert. Uh, we haven't seen her in anything in a while. Uh, we we uh, discovered her in 24. Uh, of course, Happy Endings, which is a hilarious show. You should definitely seek that out. Uh, she was also really good in House of Wax. She was the sister, the final girl in that movie. Uh, this movie had a lot of promise from what I had watched in the trailer. I just listened to an interview with uh, Alicia Cuthbert about her return to the uh, horror uh, spectrum. And uh, I was pretty excited. I was pretty stoked for this. It was cool to see uh, a new kind of concept. She had talked about a lot of the research that the writers and the director did for mathematics. And I was excited to introduce this to my husband, who is a mathematician. And I was thinking that it was going to be a little bit more in depth than it actually ended up being. And I actually don't know math. So for me, it was mysterious. But even then I was like, hmm, why is this the way it is? So I had some questions about math more than I normally do. But 
I think the movie had some promise. What do you think? The trailer was very interesting. I liked the trailer. I, unlike you, when I saw the trailer and I saw the math, I was like, yeah, this is nonsense. Not good math. <laughs> There's not a lot there. Um, <clears throat> I, I guess that always irks me when they're like, try to put some math in stuff or whatever. And it's not really mathy. Or it's not real science. or Right. It's it's like an attempt at something. And yeah, sure. It's It looks like a partial differential equation, but it's not clear what it's related to. So... And for listeners that don't know math, what is the most simplistic way you can explain what a differential equation is? Like what would be, I guess, the purpose of it for this kind of movie? Like... Well, in, in an equation, what you do is you try to find the values of x that make an equality, that turn an equation into an equality. Like if you write 3x plus 5 is equal to 8, then the only value that makes that an equality is when x is 1. A differential equation is an equation where you solve for functions instead of values. You want to find what function is the one that satisfies like a, a very simple differential equation is, for example, the derivative of y with respect to x. So dy dx is equal to zero. And so in that case, y is a constant function. That's that's the simplest type of differential equation. Um, and they have lots of applications. Um, when you do pursue division things, like for example, imagine that there's a fox chasing a rabbit and you know how the rabbit is moving, you can map the trajectory of the fox based on how the rabbit moves using differential equations. Or you can find out uh, if it's better to put your milk in your coffee after or before. Oh. Um, so those kinds of things, because differential equations deal with heat exchange, how heat is transmitted, um, the shape of things, um, you can determine the shape of a mirror. Uh, an interesting result is, for example, I think is, uh, if I'm not wrong, it's Congress. It's designing a certain way, like a kind of an elliptic oval. And there is a point in Congress where you're able to hear perfectly what people in a completely different point of Congress is at because of the shape and it was built that way. And, and that shape differential equations explain these kinds of things. But partial differential equations is when you have functions that involve more than one variable. All the examples that I did. Uh, so when you do things that are truly like a heat exchange in a three-dimensional object, you need partial differential equations. Or when you want to find the location of something three-dimensional, or a combustion or things like that, where you have more than one variable involved, then you use partial differential equations. So I guess that in this movie, because they were talking about a kind of portal and they were talking about Schrodinger's theory of uh, <clears throat> quantum entanglement in a sense, then they're trying to find this way of positioning something so that when you see it in a certain way, it's not there. But when you see it from a different way, it's there. 
So I think that that's what the equation intended to do, but it was never really clear. I don't think that even the notation was uh, clear. I, I honestly didn't see where the partial part of the equation was. Well, and for someone that's not, uh, doesn't really know any of that, what you just said. <laughs> um, for me, it seemed like the math was so simplistically laid out in the movie that I didn't feel like I learned anything about what they were talking about. Like, I guess to 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 go from the beginning, really, this is a standard couple rushes into a deal of a house and they bought it from what the locals called a witch and the house uh, could be haunted. There could be something else there. And there are these symbols all over the house. And this is actually based off of a short film, I believe called 10 steps, which I think is what the director uh, initially uh, put out. And then it was expanded. So I will have to watch that. And I've heard it's on YouTube and I've heard it's really good. Uh, But with this, there are, there is an idea that every step down into the cellar, there are these symbols. And then at the very last step, there is that equation that Gabriel was kind of alluding to or talking about that didn't really work or whatever. And there, or, you know, it didn't, it wasn't explained very well, I guess, to me, at least as a non-math person, but ultimately it's pretty cut and dry. Like she goes back and forth with trying to figure out the mystery as to why her daughter kept going down past the 10 stairs on the phone and where is her daughter? Like what happened to her daughter? So that's the, that's the mystery. And there is some good setup where she goes and finds the previous owner of the house and she gets a little bit of information, which doesn't really reveal anything. And then she goes to a mathematician to try to understand what this means. What is this equation? And uh, there are things thrown around like a Leviathan. There are things thrown around like, in this, what would you call it? Like cryptology, like signs and symbolism, like history of of math intertwined with alchemy and yeah, they talk a lot about alchemy and they talk a lot about um, there's a lot of uh, Jewish mythology in a sense involved because like that's what that's where Leviathan comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the biggest. Uh, consensus in that sense is that leviathans are really crocodiles really big crocodiles and uh so it's not champ if i'm not champy. mistaken it's not champy no or no, Loch-ness. No, champy Loch- from freak show um i think that there's like a, a whole passage of the bible where they're talking about Le- leviathan fighting some other creature and i think that the... Well, in the movie, it shows uh, uh, it depicts the Leviathan surrounding like a boat, I think, or something, right? Yes, yes, but but the thing is, like, it's it's that's what I'm trying to to find. Uh, so, was there ever like a battle with Leviathan versus Noah's Ark? Uh, no, it's uh, Leviathan fights this other thing, and the other thing is the hippopotamus. Oh, so that's that's the whole point because they're these creatures that men. Jewish men were really afraid of, especially during their time when they were slaves in Egypt. Mm-hmm. So when they say Leviathan is a sea serpent, what they're describing is a crocodile. It's a mm-hmm. big sea like serpent a, like a that swallows. Ancient man. crocodile. Right, like a giant right, crocodile. Right. It's, it's just something... Not the little cute crocodiles that we have today. 
No, no. It's like, you know, like the, the... Well, and everything that you see in a lot of those depictions when you're when you're looking at those uh, pictures and those old uh, uh, drawings and of creatures, they're, they're exaggerated because there's no uh, reference point for a lot of the people that, that created this uh, picture of something to show others, like to warn them or ward them of something. So a lot of those things are exaggerated, like yeah. like mammoths or like those kinds of things. They're they're over, uh, they're drawn in a way that is sort of uh, to show the juxtaposition of of it against man, against how much bigger it is. Right. I think uh, it's uh, behemoth is the one that is the uh, the other one, the and behemoth. Fighting. So they always like when you hear this Leviathan, you imagine this huge, dangerous creature. And it's the same with Behemoth. When people say, oh, it's a Behemoth of something, it's because it's really big. And so when they say Leviathan and Behemoth are fighting, it's like a fight. So it's like Godzilla versus Kong. It evolved right, from it's that to this. Versus a crocodile. <laughs> right. that's, 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 that's the, the actual. Uh, interpretation that many scholars have now. So if we were going to take those ideas to apply them to today's audiences, we could do almost like a Leviathan versus Mecha behemoth. Well, there you are, behemoth. That's that's (laughs) how you pronounce it. Yeah. So not to get sidetracked, but there uh, there was an attempt to provide mythos and lore uh, from a point of reference in history but that is a switch and bait. And at least to me, that's how I kind of interpreted it. And that's where we'll get into the spoiler section. But um, really, most of the movie is kind of slow burn. It's a it's a mystery unfolding that's not really that intriguing. There's nothing to it. It's pretty basic. You've seen a lot of the jump scares and stuff like that in the before. What worked for me in the movie is... is Alicia Cooper, like she carries the movie. She always has that sort of spunky um, attitude where you can relate to her. Uh, this, of course, this this movie takes place in Ireland, so she is kind of the fish out of the water. She is an American, and you know everyone around her is Irish, so she's kind of learning some of the local lore as she goes along, at, and we're learning with her. Um, and she also works at a. They own a business, her and her husband, and it's some weird. Um, I guess, what were they doing? It was some sort of like, they were creating essentially influencers online and they were giving them this narrative and however many likes they got, they were basically like putting girls against other girls online and whoever got the most likes, something happened. Like with advertising, I didn't really understand it and it wasn't really fleshed out, but I thought that was kind of an interesting concept to put there and not do anything with. I think, uh, yeah, I think that that was the biggest miss for me because they seem to be kind of hinting at something there. But but then again, maybe there is something deeper, right? And so this is something that I'm like now thinking, kind of like reviewing everything that I know about Leviathan and these kinds of things. And, and the movie uses this because I, I was just checking. And so it says that the Church of Satan has their symbol as the sigil of Baphomet, which is what they use. Mm-hmm. And they use the letters, the Hebrew letters on the five points of the star right. to spell Leviathan. 
So it clearly something that people who are into Satanism, in a sense, or Levian Satanism is what it's called, the Church of Satan, would recognize. Um, with that said, um, in, in, again, biblical sense, Leviathan is associated with the scene of envy. And so that kind of could play into the play story. Into it could the have idea. played in better. Right, exactly. I think that if they would have tried this thing, because of course, what they're trying to do is get people to buy into a product. Yeah. So what they were doing is they were manufacturing a vlogger influencer who was already paid by them to then sell something, yeah, uh, trips or something of the sort. So to make the person more believable, they were going to create a contest with actual girls competing while their mole, their creation was also part of this. Yeah, I thought that was kind of something that was unique that could have really played into the story a lot. Yeah, I mean, again, like, because the idea is to create this kind of competition, this envy. Yeah, And they were talking later about how a former campaign had been very successful. And you realize that her daughter, the one that went missing, was part of it. Um, in in that sense, you also have the well, and she and there's a there's a moment where her daughter says, or she looks at her daughter's tattoo, which is the anarchy symbol, and right. she says, "I think I created this. I did this to her." But it's not all. It's not only the anarchy symbol, right? It it it's not. So it is the anarchy symbol, but the thing is that the way that it was written with no masters, no gods. Mm-hmm. If you think of it, the anarchist symbol is this A with a very long slash around a circle. So if you complete it, it becomes, again, Baphomet's sigil. So hmm. there but, could have been, again, I, what I'm saying is there could have been more to what it presented. Yeah. And, and we're really just kind of talking about things that we noted that weren't expanded on because it really isn't expanded on in the movie. No, and I and I wish that I mean I'm okay if the if it was all intentional mm-hmm. and it's okay if and I appreciate when directors are not a spoon feeding yeah. the audience and they just put the clues for you to put it together. But it felt to me that it was a very incomplete puzzle and the clues were some clues made sense, but other clues like the math were nonsense. So if you're going to create a good mystery and you're trying yeah. to spoon feed your audience and all this stuff, then maybe do a better job of it in that sense. Yeah, I think that's the thing that that is missing for me is this the mystery because all the elements were there. They never really gelled together. They never congealed into a into a something that I could say, hmm, I could rewatch this again and right. learn something and see the points of reference where this is revealed. But like from where she works from her daughter's you know tattoo to their relationship to the house that they're in to the symbols it's it's everything that we were given in the mystery was there but there was no mystery it seemed like to me like it just seemed like she the character found out about something that was like oh okay that's what that is but then okay 
Like it wasn't much of a reveal, really. I mean, I, I maybe let's hit on the positives. Yeah. For a second, I think the movie had a good atmosphere. Yeah. I think it was the ending what hindered it. Right. If like the movie for the first sixty to seventy minutes really enthralled me, like I was really into it. I, I was. You were waiting for I was something. waiting for something. It yeah. was it was again atmospheric. There yeah. was this atmosphere of fear and dread and that you knew that something was happening. And I like the slow burn reveal of the Leviathan and what it really meant and what the house was doing and what the mathematician who owned the house. So I think that it was okay. Um but I felt that if these pieces had been put and uh, revealed in a faster pace, or maybe not even in a faster pace, but I would have really enjoyed if it had uh, not all towards the end, but maybe more a little bit of some hints of what was happening earlier yeah there could have been a little bit of maybe misdirection or something could have just kind of i mean puts this suspense right it's like who was in on it what was happening i mean that that's my point yeah i didn't feel that the movie completely lived up to what it was presenting us yeah and i and and this is let's put this when we watch inferno recently is the difference between style and substance. This movie had a lot of style in a sense, yeah. but then the substance wasn't there. And he's and he's uh, bad-mouthing the Dario Argento Inferno for any listeners out there that- Yeah, I'm not bad-mouthing, I'm just <laughs> saying there is- Well, and this was no Dario Argento presented stylistically film. Like it was, it was a modern haunted house looking film. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like. The style was great, but it wasn't like the colors yeah. and the atmosphere that are going to create, which this kind of has similarities to it. I'm not saying that it's the same. Well, but and I'm when we atmosphere, it has it. Yeah. It the acting is good. Oh There's yeah, acting was good. Happening. Um, it's a concept that could have been pushed. Yeah. I wouldn't have minded if they made the movie. I don't know, an hour and forty five minutes and made the story more coherent yeah. or give it more of a true dread kind of thing or or give you a fake out in the like the fake out that they give at the end is very predictable like yeah it didn't it didn't work because i was like well this makes complete sense what this is like i kind of already guessed it when they were doing it but um all right so i think we should talk about the ending and we'll talk about spoilers but before we do that I mean, there's not a lot of spoilers, but before we do that, what would you rate it out of 10 so that uh, non-spoiler listeners can get an idea of where you're at and if they should check it out? It To me, it was a six. Like, you know, there are worse ways of spending your Friday. So, I mean, it's a horror movie that <laughs> if you watch it for like 60, 70 minutes, you're going to be like, oh, okay, yeah. But then depending on where you fall in these kinds of things yeah. you might be oh wow what an ending yeah i could like, i could yeah. see this being 
some people liking it, like some people digging it because there is a, there is a, 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 sh- a tonal shift in the movie that um, for me personally, I actually did like some of the ending because it goes to a different tone, but at the same time, that's kind of where I kind of, it kind of lost me. So I would say it's probably about a, ooh, I would have, I would have to say actually a six out of 10, uh, Maybe even well, a that's what I gave it, five so. and a half. Whoa. Maybe a six out of 10. I'll go with a six out of 10 because I did. I do like Alicia Cuthbert and I do like a aspect of the ending. All right. So. Spoilers. Uh, it's revealed in the movie. This is like the last, what, 10 minutes of the movie. Essentially, there's a lot of back and forth in the cellar. And uh, ultimately, her son becomes what seems to be possessed. He he gets lost in the cellar. And he comes back and he's kind of changed. And there's this counting element that um, is kind of a over, like an underlying theme where she, I guess, has OCD and she counts and she knew how many steps were in the cellar, like she'd counted them. And so on the 10th step, characters go past the 10th step, which is creepy. So when she's on the phone with her daughter, when her daughter's lost, her daughter just keeps counting. And then she goes past 10 steps. So it's like, okay, so that's weird. And then that happens to her son. He goes past 10 steps. But what what was kind of creepy is, you know, when the son becomes possessed and he he has that moment where he says the line about writing the the demon. That probably was my favorite line. That was the best line. He was like, I'm writing a six-headed... No, I, I enjoy writing the seven-headed beast with the ten horns ten horns yeah, yeah yeah so that part was creepy and she was and so the character of obviously kira the mom was like oh my goodness like what the hell and then the dad becomes sort of possessed and he starts counting and so she ultimately has to go past the 10 steps and that's where this movie totally shifts into kind of abstract uh horror and it kind of reminded me of a of a scene in hellraiser 2 where they go into that to that labyrinth at the end and there's this like whole labyrinth effect where there's all these stairs that keep going and then she goes into a tunnel that looks like it's forever and essentially she is in hell like they're she's going to the door of hell or whatever right or is that limbo or it looks and, more like limbo. Yeah, and so she opens the door and now she's in limbo and there's these lines of people counting nonstop, which I thought was kind of creepy. And I was like, oh, that's weird. I've never seen that kind of um, effect or that idea, I guess, in a movie. Like they're all lined up in limbo, essentially. But while this is happening, Baphomet is chasing her. You know, he chased her around the house. He chased her back down to the stairs. And so... It was kind of cool that they showed Baphomet. Like I like that aspect. It was kind of it kind of brought it down a little bit though. Like there's like this like I don't know, this very classy demonic horror tale and then it gets into like there's a guy in a fuzzy suit as Baphomet. So I was like, "Okay, well, I'm down for this kind of." But then as they re- as she grabs her daughter and they return back up 
the cellar and they're being chased by Baphomet and they basically like say, no, you can't come in Baphomet. <laughs> and then the discovery is that they're stuck in limbo in the house and they're on the other side. They're on, I guess, the other side of the mathematical equation that they couldn't see, that you can't see as a person. So I was confused, but that's just kind of how it ends. So I was like, well, that was downbeat and kind of like no closure on any of anything really. Like, I don't know. What do you think of that climax? Yeah, I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, I didn't. I, I, didn't I think like that it. that's the best summary that I can give. It's like, I was like, oh no, she went down there, she got the daughter, and the daughter is like, no. And I was like, oh no, it's going to be one of those. They're still trapped in there. And it was. And it was. But I mean, that was the whole point. It's uh, There was not a surprise. There was not a surprise. And I wish that they had done something better towards the whole, oh, they're still trapped in there. It, that was my point. I didn't. Yeah, it just kind of ends on a whimper. Like, I, yeah. like it, it was really getting to a cool, interesting place. And I'm like, whoa, this is like pretty abstract looking, a lot of like hellish looking, like cold landscapes. And obviously the Baphomet was creepy and like you see glimpses of it chasing her. But I think had there been a little bit more of like a battle and maybe even they come out of it, I kind of wanted some catharsis with like that journey. Like, okay, they went through hell essentially or whatever, and they came out of it. Like, can her and her daughter have the relationship they didn't have? Can they mend whatever severed ties they had? But you don't get that. And now they? <laughs> they can't because she's stuck in limbo, I guess. Um, no, it, it looked cool, but it just, it was a miss for me. Um, but I think that's it. Like, I mean, that there really wasn't much to spoil because there really wasn't much to ha- much happening. But like you mentioned earlier, uh, you could entertain yourself worse ways. And this is a movie that I think some listeners should check out and uh, maybe let us know what you thought of it in this episode's postings. Uh, I'd be curious to see where you rate it. Uh, for me, it, it wasn't a miss, but or it was a miss, but it wasn't a complete fail or flop. I enjoyed some aspects of it. Um, anything else that you want to say about the seller? Um, again, with everything that I think of movies, especially uh, especially horror movies, it's in a movie like this, which is technically well done. It has a good atmosphere. It it simply just wasn't. Uh, the ending didn't satisfy me, despite the fact that the journey was interesting. I'm sure that this is a movie for someone out there. Um, And again, it's a shame because I thought that the movie could have been with a more coherent... It could have been better than what it was. Is this a movie that you would want to rewatch again or no? I... I might be interested, but there are so many other movies that I would rather rewatch first. If if there was something that maybe made me think, oh, maybe I missed something, or if somebody realizes something and they tell us in the comments, like you say, uh, then it would be like, oh, okay, I didn't notice that. Maybe maybe it would be worth a second look. Yeah. But based on what I saw the first time, I don't think that I'm gonna get much more out of it. Again, I just wish that it had been 
uh, developed better. I think if I was going to rewatch it, I would just fast forward to the last 10 minutes so I could see Baphomet. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's me, Baphomet. All right. So, listeners, uh, sound off below. Let us know what you think. All right. So, as always, you can catch... Fatal Follower Presents a podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Horror Amino, and you can reach out to me at fatalfollowerpresents at Gmail. Stay safe, stay spooky, and stay out of the cellar, especially on that 10th step. Bye-bye. Thank you, Gabriel. Always a pleasure, Donnie. Always a pleasure.